0: Welcome to Brewery Society Beers, episode number 10 of Brutal Battle. So sadly enough, as people will notice, Rebecca is not here. Uh, She, when I'm recording this, she has gone back to work, so she's not just around the house as she was when she was on those few other episodes of this type. So this may be going back to just being a Carlin-only episode for these uh, Brewery Society beers, which... Hopefully you're okay with that. I apologize if you're not, but you know, we'll try and see if we can get Rebecca back on from time to time. So for this one, I actually do have a way to start off um, with something, another aspect of the brewery to talk about and of these beers, and that is in alignment with the first beer that I'm going to be trying, which is in a 750 milliliter bottle. Even though the brewery's actually gone away from doing strictly 750 milliliter bottles, they still put out plenty of beers in that format, usually to their society members, uh, but then overflow available at their stores. So at the moment, um, I would like more of the 16 ounce cans, but it's just good that we're getting some of those. Uh, actually, ideally I'd like it to all be 16 ounce cans, but you know, whatever. Anyway, without further delay, let's talk about the first beer and what uh, how that ties into what I was going to talk about with the brewery. So this first beer is their Melange 1. Now, Melange is a series of beers by the brewery that they started doing some years ago. And, um, you know, me, me starting with Melange 1 makes a lot of sense. Now, this isn't the very original Melange 1 that came out. They will do rebrews of these beers from time to time. They've done a total of 15 of these Melange series beers, and they will do rebrews of them from time to time, and I believe that's just because of, you know, based on popularity, how much they want to do them, how much other people like them, so on and so on. So this one, obviously popular enough. It was originally done years ago. I don't remember when, but this is the rebrew from last year, 2019, which came out and I uh, per the bottle in September of 2019. So this isn't quite a year in the bottle yet. Now, uh, this is where the whole series started and Melange 1 is 70% Flemish style red ale aged in oak barrels and 30% imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels and it's 12.4% alcohol. So as you can tell by that description of the beer, this is about blending. The Melange series is about taking two beers or sometimes more and blending them together to get something that's smooth, something that's harmonious. Now this is where they started with the 70% Flemish style red and the you know 30% bourbon barrel imperial stout but they've had many iterations of this before. Sometimes, like I said, not just doing two different blends of beers, but doing three. Uh, I th- I'm not sure I've seen them do more than three, though. And sometimes it's, you know, not just straight up styles blended together. Sometimes, it's like, you know, one of them was, like, a wheat wine aged with some spices and then mixed with a barrel- a, a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout with, you know, like, cacao nibs or something like that. So it 's not always just a blending of straight styles they 'll do things to those other beers so it 's really just about exploring blending, putting some of these beers together, and trying to create something totally new and interesting and flavorful so um, oh and one of the one of the things about this that I do want to point out is they always 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 have on the descriptions of these. The percentages of each of the beers that they put in, which I think is kind of a cool thing because then when you're tasting along with it while smelling and tasting along with it, you can kind of figure out, oh, you know, I see why that particular beer is more predominant in the nose or the flavor because there's, you know, more of it than the other beer. And then you can kind of think about, you know, what do I think it would be like if the percentage was a little bit different with this? You know, would would it be better, I think, if, if the percentage of the lower one was more? I don't know. So anyway, let's dive into the Melange 1, which once again, 70% Flemish style red ale aged in oak barrels and 30% imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels. And once again, 12.4%. So as far as Beers with barrel aging and the brewery go. This is on the lower end ABV wise, and not complaining. Totally fine with that. So what does it look like? I mean, it looks dark, obviously, but it also looks a little bit lighter than you would assume for an imperial stout. Obviously, because this is not a straight straight up imperial stout, since it's blended with that Flemish style red. Um, so yeah, so it looks a little like brownish red around the edges. The bit of head that is there is brown, but it's like a light, you know, kind of tan brown. Uh, It's a mixture of kind of small bubbles and and larger bubbles sitting on the top. I haven't even stuck my nose in it, and I can already smell the sourness of that Flemish red coming out at me, and it's already smelling kind of cherry-like, so let me actually do a proper sniff and see what's going on. Ooh, okay. Hmm, yeah, this is interesting. So I definitely get that sourness, but there's also a nice funkiness coming in there. A lot of the nose is um, mainly the characteristics of that Flemish-style red in the oak barrels. So it's cherry-type smell. It's, you know, that sourness I was talking about. It's oak. I get that oak to it. It's very nice and oaky, which is actually coming off a little tannic in the nose. And then right after those smells is a really nice kind of chocolate smell. I'm trying to figure out if I think it's more milk or dark chocolate. Yeah, it's, it's more of like a milk chocolate, actually. So it's it's all that Flemish uh, red characteristic that I was talking about, then coming in with more of a milk chocolate, and then it finishes with like a little bit of the bourbon barrel, so it's like a little caramel, maybe a little vanilla on the finish of it. Um, definitely, able to be perceived as bourbon. Um, it smells very complex. It smells very layered and it smells really good. So I'm going to go in for a taste. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Okay. So I'm going to need to take a few more sips because that Flemish style red on the very first sip is it just like spreads out on your tongue with that tannic note from the from the oak and also the sourness just kind of attacking your taste buds. So I'm going for a few more sips. Yeah, so second, second sip is calming down a little bit with the sour perception. And then the third. Okay, so it is still predominantly flavor-wise that Flemish-style red aged in oak, which... I was assuming would be the case at 70% of the actual blend of the beer. Now, that said, as you continue to drink it, your perception of that comes down a little bit, and the chocolatey notes from the Imperial Stout Agent Bourbon Barrels comes up. There's also a heat on the finish and a flavor of the actual bourbon along with that heat on the finish. It's actually coming off a lot hotter alcohol-wise than I would assume for the 12... um, point four percent at least knowing how even higher ABV beers end up tasting by the brewery a lot of the times those those that alcohol heat is way more disguised now maybe it this is having a harder time disguising it because of the lighter body from the predominantly um, the predominant makeup of it being a lighter style of beer that Flemish red hmm I get a lot of wood. In this beer, though, there's a lot, a lot of wood and it carries through the entire sip. You know, every time, you know, when I'm talking about the sip and I'm talking about, you know, up front, it's a lot of that Flemish style red. And then it goes to the bourbon barrel aged imperial stout characters. That is how it presents. It's kind of that, you know, journey of flavor in that order. But the uh, that oak and that kind of tannicness or that tannic quality with the oak carries throughout the entire sip. So it's always, always there. I like it because I like that type of character in my beers, especially higher ABV ones. But I can see where some people might get turned off by that. It just depends on what you're into. I like it though. Mm. Okay. This is good though. Like I said, as you keep sipping, your perception of the sourness starts to come down, and that sourness goes from being aggressively lemon in the beginning to after maybe your third or fourth sip, more of the cherry, of like a tart cherry flavor to it, and that's really good. So it's a nice tart cherry with all those oaky notes, uh, and then that chocolate, you know, it's, it's a nice accent on the end. It's almost a little bit like a boozy, um, sour chocolate-covered cherry in a sense, uh, but not as much chocolate as a chocolate-covered cherry would actually have. Oops, sorry for making that noise on the table. But um, it's interesting. It's good. I quite like it. It's um, That's a tasty beer. Very, very nice. So that is potentially your first introduction to the Melange beers. Uh, not mine. I've had a few of the Melanges over time. I can't remember any off the top of my head at the moment, but um, I do remember that every one I've had, I've been like, that is nice. So, I've never been disappointed by that series. Cool. Alright. Did a rinse on that one. Now, this second beer, I don't have anything specific to talk about with the second beer. The Melange stuff was was it that I had set for this episode, so just know that. Now, I'm just tasting beers from here on out. So, the second one, I'm a little apprehensive about. I I think there's A potential that I won't really like it so much, but I wanted to buy one can of this when I saw it was available just to give it a shot because you never know. I mean, that's what I kind of preach on this uh, podcast is you never really know, so just try these beers. So this one has an ingredient in it I'm not big on, and that is banana. Now, uh, I like straight-up bananas, and I like banana bread. Other than that, I don't like banana-flavored things typically, and I usually don't like banana in things. But sometimes I've had things where I'm like, oh, I actually kind of like the banana in there, and it's always surprising to me. So hopefully this one surprises me. I'm cautiously optimistic, I guess, is what I can say. So this beer is called Royal Street Sweets. Like I said, it's in a can. It's a 16-ounce can. This is one of their um, more recent beers. Uh, This one's from the beginning of this year, so January of 2020 is when this one was done. This one is an Imperial Stout with banana, vanilla, and cinnamon. So where I am apprehensive about the banana, I do think that the vanilla and cinnamon could really bounce things out, plus any sort of chocolatey notes with the Imperial Stout itself. Oh, and I didn't say the ABV, 9.7% alcohol. So, once again, this is on the lower end of alcohol when it comes to beers by the brewery, especially stouts. Pour the sucker for myself, don't wanna do too much. All right, now what are we seeing here? Well, this is considerably more dark than the Melange one. This is very, very dark. I cannot see around the edges barely anything the head to it that's there is very very dark brown lots of larger bubbles there um it looks kind of creamy because of that oh my gosh (laughs) taking a sniff of this lots of banana um and honestly, I am getting some, some of the cinnamon with it and some of that vanilla. So, everything that's in there, I'm definitely perceiving on the nose. And those things are actually coming together to kind of smell like banana bread to me. <sighs> yeah, it, I mean, it kind of smells like banana bread, but there's a chocolatiness, like a milk chocolate on the end of it that's kind of like chocolate banana bread. I don't know if that's actually a thing that people make, but... If nobody makes it, I think hearing that, maybe someone would want to make it. Whew. Yeah, there's a lot of banana in there. I mean, that's the main thing that jumps out at you first, and it is the predominant smell in there, just because bananas in general are just, you know, stronger smells. So it's banana, then the cinnamon comes in, then the vanilla, and then the chocolate, and then there's a more uh, substantial bitterness at the end than I was assuming there would be. So we'll see how that translates in the flavor going in. Hmm. Okay. So the banana's definitely there. It seems more dialed down than what the nose would uh, make you think would be the case. And part of that being the chocolatiness that was in the nose, there wasn't a ton of it. It's way more substantial in the flavor with that chocolate. So I feel like the chocolate kind of rises up to cut off some of that banana flavor. You definitely get it at first, but then it kind of goes away and the chocolate and the cinnamon and the vanilla take over. Kind of leading the charge is the chocolate, though. And it's tasting good, actually. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, honestly, I kind of, I do kind of like this. It it wouldn't be something that I'd be like, oh, I definitely want more, want to, you know, buy more of this, but I will definitely drink this can. Well, I'm going to share it with Rebecca, but I will definitely drink this can, my portion of it. And, um, yeah, kind of enjoy it. I mean, like I was saying, the banana, it's not too much. It's there and it's fine. And it doesn't taste like a crappy artificial banana like you get in a lot of things. Hmm. And the other thing is, if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know that I have problems with levels of spices in beers a lot of the time. The cinnamon is another thing that could have gone very wrong for me in this, but I feel like it's fine. Uh, The cinnamon level is totally good for me. It's not even coming up to like near my threshold of where I'm not okay with, um, with spices in beer. So that's good. And I feel like the banana flavor is, is making it a little bit creamy, but it's it may actually be the vanilla that's actually making it creamy, but it's definitely coming off as a creamy beer. Hmm. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. I can see some people really digging that. Um, I like it. I don't love it, but yeah. Anyway... Uh, that's really cool, and let's move on to beer number three. This one was released in February, and it has a tie into Valentine's Day, uh, and you'll understand that when I talk about it. I mean, first of all, the name leads with it. It's called Love Bites, and this is in a 16 ounce can. Uh, this is an imperial stout with strawberry and cacao nibs added, and it is 10.2% alcohol. The picture is basically a close up of a um, strawberry, where you can see all the little seeds and then some chocolate sauce just kind of dripping down, so it obviously has a very very strong valentine 's day feel and with it being an imperial stat with strawberry and cacao nibs, you would assume it 's going to be chocolate and strawberry, which is obviously a very uh clear reference to um, to the holiday of valentine 's day as well as the na- as the very on the nose name. But uh, one thing to point out about this, when it says with strawberry and cacao nibs added, usually if it's flavoring of a fruit, they'll just say the fruit name um, as opposed to multiples. So when they say with strawberry and cacao nibs added, I take this to mean that this is strawberry flavor, eh, whereas if it said with strawberries and cacao nibs added, I would think that that's the actual fruit. Uh, That's just something I noticed about the semantics of the brewery. So when we talk about the Royal Street sweets that I that I just did when I'm recording this is the other half of it. So it's another day, but uh when I did the Royal Street sweets, uh it says with banana, vanilla and cinnamon. So not actual bananas, that was banana flavoring, but like I said when I was evaluating it, it actually kind of tasted like bananas. And by the way, when I did when we did end up finishing that, because Rebecca helped out, actually Rebecca finished it because she really liked it. I started to not like it as much as I continued to drink it because that banana flavor as it warmed up became more and more and more so um, like I said, she really liked it, me not as much. But it's still good for you know what it is. It's just the banana is my issue. But anyway, gonna get into this love bites, hoping the strawberry doesn't taste too artificial and i'm also hoping the strawberry's just not too much in the beer because that is also a possibility. I got some beer on the table here. Let's wipe it up real quick. All right. Pour a little bit of this. And it looks like it might be kind of thick actually. All right. Now it's got a very very dark head to it, which is interesting only being 10%. I, I mean, I know it's an imperial stout, but with a lot of their imperial stouts, the head hasn't been nearly this dark. Maybe part of this is coming from those cacao nibs, I would assume. Um, very large head to it, which would indicate to me that maybe it's kind of creamy, too. It definitely looks like that. It's just a very frothy head to it. Real interesting. Obviously, it looks like an imperial stout. Cannot see through it or anything. Huh. I can, okay, so I can smell the strawberry, but it's very, very, very faint, which I assumed would not be the case. I would assume that, you know, with the way that it's marketed, with the way it's described, it would be strong strawberry, but I just don't smell it so much. Definitely get the cacao nibs. It is quite chocolatey, and then there's kind of a, there's a soy sauce note in there. There's a little bit of like a char, ash note on the end as well. And it's interesting because the chocolate is kind of like a mixture of milk and dark chocolate showing up in the nose. That's interesting. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, it's way more chocolate than it is strawberry. Um, This makes me hopeful for the beer when I taste it because since I'm not smelling the strawberry strongly, that maybe indicates it's kind of like an undertone, which is probably what I would want out of something like this. But going in. The mouthfeel is quite thick. It is very kind of, um, it's, it is, it's creamy, it's almost a little milkshake-esque. The first thing I do get is that strawberry. The strawberry is actually very strong, even though I can't smell it a whole lot. I taste it a whole lot. That's the first thing that just assaults my palate, and it is kind of like an assault. I'm going to need a few more sips to kind of get used to this. Mm. That strawberry is a little much to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not digging this. I'm going to be straight up about this. I want to like beers by the brewery, but I, I'm not digging this beer. The strawberry flavor is, okay, so there's a lot of weird things going on. There's kind of like a little tartness along with the strawberry flavor. It does taste like strawberry but it's, it's like that tart strawberry flavor, and then I get a lot of alcohol heat on the end. It's like that, that strawberry in there is unbalancing the beer from what it could be because it makes it really finish with a very strong alcohol note at the end. And you know, as you know, you've heard me evaluate brewery beers before, they're really good at hiding that alcohol, typically. They have beers that are like 20% alcohol, basically, and it doesn't taste anywhere near that. This one's 10.2, and it tastes like more than that. It tastes like it's like 12 or 13 or something. It burns so much. Hmm. I mean, I do, as I as I take more sips, I am tasting the chocolate more, so that's kind of evening things out a little bit more, but I'm not really liking the strawberry in this. And there's a weird bitterness at the end that's coming along with that alcohol, a heat and astringency that's just not finishing well with the beer. So it's like the strawberry's weird in the beginning. Then you get a really nice chocolate in the middle, actually, that's kind of a combo of, like I was saying in the nose, milk and dark chocolate. So that's a really nice note. But then it goes to that kind of weird, like, the bitterness and the alcohol heat and the astringency to finish. So overall, I'm not liking this. This is not, I mean, spoiler, this is not going to make the top 10 for these episodes. Uh Uh-oh. And I gotta rinse this glass relatively well for this last beer because, oh my gosh. Yeah, I cannot recommend Love Bites. I don't like it. That doesn't work. I'm assuming they probably won't be making that one again. <laughs> so, okay, so the final beer I'm actually very excited about. This is one of the beers that the the base beer of it. It's like the a, a base of one of their beers that they put out on its own and then sometimes do other things to it. So, I've had the the base beer on the show on this type of episode before and I've had uh, two variants of it, I think. So this is yet another variant of that. It's one of my favorite base beers that they have, but you know, obviously some fun stuff done to it. So, um, we get into this, this it's in a 750 milliliter bottle, uh, which is the only way I was able to get this one. Oh, man, I should have potentially should have taken the wax. Well, the uh, plastic off the top. Oh, there we go. It wasn't too bad. Um, yeah. You didn't hear me struggling with the melange because uh, I did that one before podcast because it was waxed, and you know me and fighting with wax on podcast doesn't go well. So, anyway, this is the So Happens It's Tuesday S'mores version uh, an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with marshmallow cacao, graham cracker, and vanilla added, and it is 15% alcohol. Like I alluded to, I love So Happens It's Tuesday, and I've had some really good variants. The coffee one, the mole one, uh, really good ones. so I'm hoping that this lives up to what the other variants have been like. All right, pop this sucker. Very excited to get into this. I know Rebecca has been very excited ever since we got this bottle. She's been chomping at the bit to get into this beer. Okay, so once again, very large head, but looking very different than the Love Bites. Uh, The Love Bites, it was very creamy looking head. It was very, very small bubbles. This one, much larger bubbles, close to the same color, but actually a little bit lighter in color than the Love Bites, which is interesting. Obviously the look of it, it's very, very dark. Let me smell it. Ooh, wow. This one's very chocolatey. Ooh, it's a really... Oh, that's beautiful chocolate coming off the nose. Uh, Really nice on the vanilla as well. The vanilla's definitely showing up. (sighs) There is something in there that I can't necessarily describe, which I'm assuming is probably the graham cracker at play in the nose, but I can't say that I would pick that out as graham cracker. It's just there's something else going on in there, you know? smells like... It's going to be rich, very rich, kind of decadent flavor-wise. Um, and I can't necessarily say that I smell the marshmallow in there either. But uh, a lot of the times, marshmallow will just get lost if there's also vanilla there. Those smells kind of just mesh together. And I definitely, actually, I definitely smell bourbon to this, which you know shouldn't be a big surprise because the way they do their bourbon barrel-aged beers, you pretty much always perceive the bourbon. And it's kind of like this nice kiss at the end of the beer of just like a carameliness and just that nice, very typical bourbony note. It smells really good. It smells a little bit higher on the alcohol. I mean, it is 15%, so you're probably going to smell that, but it doesn't burn my nostrils or anything. All right, I'm going in. Oh my gosh, that's really smooth. That is ridiculously smooth. And this is what I'm talking about in, in, uh, regards to love bites, the love bites taste so alcoholic, so stringent, so bitter, so much alcohol heat. This is 15%. This is like 5% higher in alcohol and it tastes like it's less than the love bites. It's so weird. Yeah, this is good. Um, so I'm definitely getting the chocolatey notes. The bourbon's showing up a lot more than I was uh, assuming it would with the other ingredients put into this beer. Uh, but that's not a bad thing because the way they do bourbon barrel aging usually tastes really good. So it's nice and caramelly. It's got that typical bourbon flavor to it. Uh, and then I'm definitely getting the vanilla come through, which is nice. Plenty of chocolate to it, but it's more, it's, it's more like dark chocolate which totally fine with me because that's my preferred type of chocolate. Yeah. I'm not sure. So maybe when it warms up more, I'll start to really taste graham cracker. I feel like I can very faintly taste the graham cracker, but if I wasn't looking for it, I'm not sure I would perceive it. That said, this is tasty. This is nice. Uh, It does taste, you know, dark chocolate, vanilla, bourbon. I mean, that's what it tastes like. It basically tastes like, so happens is Tuesday, but with like some vanilla and extra chocolate to it, which no problem there. That, that's a great thing. So this is good. And being at 15% and tasting as smooth as it is and as good as it is, uh, that's dangerous. And that happens a lot with these brewery beers is, They end up being pretty dangerous as far as uh, what they can do to you. Uh, Just, oh man. So let me take a look here. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that even though this is quite good, this one is also not going to reach into the top 10. So I'll tell you what my ranking is for these beers um, for this episode, and then I'm going to go ahead and... um, give you the overall 10 beers for all these episodes that are, you know, running total. So I'm sure people can kind of guess based off what I've already said about these beers, where I'm going to rank them. So my number four, probably no surprise, is the Love Bites Imperial Stout with strawberry and cacao nibs added. Uh, that is just not, not very good. Um, it's very out of kilter. I cannot recommend that beer. I do not like it. Uh, My number three is the Royal Street Sweets. Now, this one is kind of like the Love Bites, but it's actually done a lot better. The execution on this is really nice. Uh, It's just, do you like banana or not, and to what degree? And since I'm not huge on banana, I didn't want to finish it, but Rebecca really enjoyed it. Uh, And once again, the Royal Street Sweets is an imperial stout with banana, vanilla, and cinnamon. So, my one and two were pretty close, but I'm going to go ahead and put the... For number two, the Melange 1. Really tasty, really enjoyed this. I actually drank the entire bottle because Rebecca didn't really like it because it had that sour aspect to it. Uh, Really enjoyed finishing that off. So it was 70% Flemish-style red ale aged in oak barrels and 30% imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels. That one's great. So that leaves as number one, obviously. The So Happens It's Tuesday S'mores quite tasty. Uh, it's just like a kicked up version. I wouldn't say it tastes exactly like s'mores, but who knows? Maybe when it warms up more, it will. Uh, but it's just like a kicked up version of So Happens It's Tuesday, which is awesome. Uh, so the, the once again, that's an Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels with marshmallow, cacao, graham cracker, and vanilla added. So let me go ahead and real quick go over the top 10 beers uh, that I've tried in these types of episodes thus far. So number 10 is the regular So Happens It's Tuesday. Yes, I do actually like the regular So Happens It's Tuesday more than the s'mores, even though I said that the s'mores is kind of like a kicked up version. I think for simplicity purposes, I just like the regular more. So So Happens It's Tuesday, regular number 10. Number nine, We Heavy Coconuts. That's a bourbon barrel aged scotch. We Heavy with toasted coconut, walnuts, and cinnamon. Number eight is the Blueberry Pancake Black Tuesday. That's Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels with blueberries, maple syrup, and natural flavors. Number seven is Chocolate Rain from 2015. When it was consumed, it was aged four years in the bottle, and that is a bourbon barrel aged Imperial Stout with cacao nibs and vanilla beans. Number six is Chocolate Rain, spelled R-E-I-G-N. That is a double barrel Imperial Stout with cacao nibs and vanilla beans quite good. Number five, Cherry Chocolate Rain, which is an imperial stout aged in rye whiskey barrels with cacao nibs, vanilla beans, and tart cherries. Number four, the Samoa Black Tuesday, which is an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with toasted coconut, cacao nibs, vanilla, maple syrup, and graham cracker. Number three is the Island Thyme, which is a sweet stout with Hawaiian sea salt and lactose with marshmallow, toasted coconut, and natural vanilla flavor. Number two is the Pistachio Vanilla Black Tuesday, which is an Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels with, you guessed it, pistachio and vanilla beans. And number one, such a great beer, and I want to get my hands on more of this. It's not possible right now, but maybe in the future. Spicy Island Black Tuesday, which is an Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels with pineapple and habanero peppers. That is a wonderful beer. Um, yeah, so many good beers from the brewery. Uh, kind of bums me out that I didn't like the Love Bites, but they're not all going to be winners. They make so many beers. But anyway, thank you everyone for checking these out. I actually may have a, a stint coming up because we have so many of these brewery beers. I may have a stint coming up where I put out um, week after week a bunch of these episodes, but We'll see. I don't know. But hopefully people are enjoying them. Uh, if you want to give me feedback on anything having to do with podcasts, just email brutal, <clears throat> BrutalBattlePodcast at gmail.com. But regardless, thanks for checking this out. And until next time, keep it brutal.